You're listening to audio recorded at Mount Air First Christian Church. For more resources or to contact us, look us up at www.mountairfirstchristianchurch.org. Good morning. My name is Tony Mercer. I'm an elder here at First Christian Church. Uh, Part of being an elder is serving and leading and being called to teach. And so I'm happy to be here to bring you the message today. Uh, I am getting over a little bit of a cold, so apparently every time I'm asked to preach, I can expect on getting sick about a week before. So (laughs) bear with me. Uh, Our scripture reading today is Psalm 2. It's on page 528 of your pew Bible, if you'd like to follow along. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. He will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now, therefore, O kings, be wise, be warned, O rulers of earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry, and you perish in the way. For his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are those who take refuge in him. Grass withers, the flower fades, and the word of our God stands forever. God is love. God is truth. God is righteousness. God is perfect. And as a perfect, righteous, truthful, and loving God, he also abhors sin. And God is perfectly justified in punishing sin and sinners. This punishment is commonly referred to as the wrath of God. The wrath of God has been severely severely diminished in modern Christianity. A God without wrath against sin is like a lion without teeth or claws. It's really just a big kitty cat. Perhaps the best analogy I can give is the sun. You go outside on a nice warm day, hopefully the days are getting warmer, gives you heat, gives us light, makes things grow, gives your body vitamin D. It makes you feel good inside, don't it? But did you ever think to stop about what the sun really is? The sun is a giant rolling ball of nuclear fusion, 27 million degrees Fahrenheit at the sun's core. The energy output from the sun is equal to 2 billion hydrogen bombs going off every second. It puts out ionizing radiation that would kill you long before you reach the surface. The sun is a dangerous and deadly place to be in our solar system. And such is the wrath of God. It is a dangerous and terrible and deadly place to find yourself. 
Too often we think that God as a warm, fuzzy, lovable old grandpa figure up in the clouds who wants nothing but happiness and sunshine for us. We forget that God holds a deep and deadly wrath for sin, hotter and more intense than the sun at the center of our solar system. We forget because it is unpleasant to be sure. But the wrath of God is often dismissed because it is compared to the, war, to the wrath of man. Human anger is not something that is valued in polite society. When someone gets angry at their spouse, their children, a coworker, or at the weather, we all agree how bad that behavior can be, especially if it is unjustified. Unjustified human error is rightly called sinful. As James says in chapter 1, one verse 19 and 20, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. But the anger of man is a false comparison to the anger of God. We cannot compare the wrath of man to the wrath of God because God's wrath is just. God's wrath is righteous. J.I. Packer said it best. God's wrath in the Bible is never the capricious, self-indulgent, irritable, morally ignoble thing that human anger so often is. It is instead a right and necessary reaction to objective moral evil. We think wrongly of God's wrath because we think wrongly of sin. Too often we make false comparisons. We say to ourselves, well, I haven't murdered anybody. I'm not as bad as those people over there. I'm not as bad as Bob. That guy's life is messed up. Sorry to the Bobs out there. And that is how we go about our lives. We keep an eye on Bob. And as long as we're doing better than Bob, we think God must be pleased with us. It reminds me of an old joke about uh, two hikers in the woods. <clears throat> Off in the distance, they hear some rustling. One of the hikers says to the other, do you think there are bears in these woods? The other replies, oh yes, there are many bears around here. Jokingly, the first hiker says, well, I hope you can run faster than the bears. To which the other hiker said, I don't have to run faster than the bears. I only have to run faster than you. We treat the wrath of God as if it were the bear in the woods. As long as I can run faster than Bob, God's wrath won't come for me. My friends, this is not how sin works. When the resurrection comes and we stand before God to be judged, God will not compare me to Bob. He will compare me to Jesus, the sinless man who perfectly obeyed all of the Father's commandments and obeyed the Father to the ultimate fate, death on a cross. Jesus himself told a parable about this in Luke. This is quoting Luke now. He also told this parable to some who had trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. 
But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. That's Luke 18, 9 through 14. My friends, we should come to God just as the tax collector, crying out for forgiveness. But for everyone who doesn't, for everyone who walks idly in sin, satisfied with their lives because they aren't as bad as others, woe to them, for the wrath of God is coming. The Bible is very clear that we should fear God and fear his wrath. Paul in Romans 1.18 For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. And again in Romans 2.5, but because of your hard and impenitent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. And again in Romans 9.22, what if God desiring to show his wrath and make known his power has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction. Paul again says in Colossians 3, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. John the Baptist says in Matthew Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand. He will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. And even Jesus himself in Luke 12, 49 says, I came to cast fire on the earth and wood that it were already kindled. And in our scripture reading this morning, in Psalm 2, you can see verse number 9, you shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Kiss the son lest he be angry and you will perish in the way for his wrath is quickly kindled. My friends, the wrath of God is coming for sinners. But many will take refuge in their deeds. Perhaps some will say, well, I've done enough good things that God would never punish me. I helped an old lady cross the street one time. I donate to the offering plate every Sunday. I was even given the wrong change once, and I could have kept that $20 bill, but I gave it back. Do not think that you can satisfy God's wrath with your good deeds. And I I brought a prop with me today. This is a jar of rocks. Let's say this jar of rocks represents all the good deeds I've done in my life. 
Now there are quite a few. I would take forever to count them all. There are some small ones, mostly small, a few large ones. In fact, I may even need a larger jar pretty soon. Some of you may have more jars than this. Some of you may have bigger jars. Now let's say this mountain represents all the sins I have committed in my life. This jar of rocks versus a mountain. When God judges me and I walk up to the scales of justice and I put my jar of rocks on the scale against that mountain, you can begin to see why, it will, why I will never do enough good deeds to outweigh my sin. Or think of it this way. Imagine sitting in a burning house and not being worried in the slightest because you have a bottle of water with you. Water puts out fire, right? No problem. But this is how many of us live our lives with regard to sin. We believe that a few good deeds can quench the wrath of God waiting to consume us. But as Christians, we are commanded to love one another. Imagine instead we saw a family member, a friend, or a fellow Christian sitting in that burning house. Would we rush in to save them? Beg them to leave the house burning around them? Or would we pass them another bottle of water? Strange as it seems, loving your neighbor includes telling them the wrath of God is coming for the unrepentant. Now that I've thoroughly uh, put you down in the slums and told you how terrible everything is and how terrified we should all be, let me tell you there is hope for us all. All of us have been offered a priceless gift to remove the wrath of God from our heads. And that gift is Jesus Christ. Jesus came to earth incarnate of the Virgin Mary to live a life without sin, perfectly obeying the law, fulfilling all righteousness, given up to the authorities who despised him. He was mocked, spit upon, beaten, flogged, and hung on a cross. The wrath of God was poured out upon him, taking the full punishment reserved for us in our transgressions. My big idea for the day is that today is this. The wrath of God reserved for us has been taken by Jesus. Isn't that wonderful news? The wrath of the Father has been satisfied by the Son. Jesus saw us in our peril. He saw the wrath about to be poured out onto our heads, heaped up like burning coals. Jesus knew we were sinners destined for destruction. And yet he stepped in and took our place. Not because we did something to deserve being saved, but because the gift of grace was given to us. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Can I get an amen? amen. And so I ask all of you today, all of you watching online, all of you maybe listening to this later on, 
maybe a recording you've heard way down the road. If you want this free gift of salvation, if you want to escape the wrath reserved for you, Jesus is waiting with open arms to receive sinners like you. And if you have already embraced Jesus and the gift of grace, let us never forget how precious that gift is. Let us give thanks to the Father through Jesus Christ that there is no longer a wrath reserved for us, but that eternal salvation awaits us as the children of God. As it says at the end of Psalm 2, blessed are all those who take refuge in him. Let us pray. Father, I thank you for this truly priceless gift you have offered us, that your wrath burned against us, and that while we were still sinners, your son came to earth and died for our sins. What glorious news this is. I pray, I pray that it would be sung from the rooftops, that my lips would speak it continually throughout the day and the weeks to come, and that all those who hear it would turn and find and seek their salvation in you. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.